Today we're going to dive into a popular faith topic, and we're talking about spiritual gifts. Here's a great definition. A spiritual gift is a God-enhanced ability given to believers to serve God and his people. And here's the point. If you're a Christian, you have one. In this topic, we'll just start to scratch the surface on spiritual gifts, and hopefully you'll be able to identify yours soon enough. Now, first, you should open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Apparently, the church in Corinth had questions about this topic as well. That's why Paul said this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So even 2,000 years ago, the Christian church had some questions about spiritual gifts, and let's see how Paul answered those questions. Now, the first thing that we're going to see is that God has given every believer, that means you also, a unique gift. No one has every gift, and no gift is universal in the church. Verses 4 through 6, Paul says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. And God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Maybe you look around at church on a Sunday and you notice some of the gifts that other people have that you seem to be lacking. But don't worry about that because that's what Paul is saying. He's saying there are different kinds of gifts, but the same giver is giving these gifts. And if you pay attention at church, you'll notice that no one has every gift. There really isn't a sort of a Superman Christian out there. And you'll also notice that there's not one spiritual gift that every single believer at church has. So if you seem to feel a little bit left out about a gift that you wish you had, pay attention. You're not the only one missing that gift. Here's the second thing. Your gift is given to you to pass on to others. Spiritual gifts are given to build up the church, not to give you a big head. That's what Paul's saying here in verse 7. He says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. This is probably the most important verse in this whole passage. Because if you miss the point of a spiritual gift, you'll start seeking the gift instead of seeking the giver of the gift or seeking the purpose of the gift. Start asking yourself the question, how can my gift build up the church? How can I use it to serve the people around me? Your whole attitude towards your gifting should be trying to figure out how it helps others. One last thing, and this is where we get to the list of gifts in 1 Corinthians. Joy comes through knowing and using your gift. So if you serve where God has gifted you, instead of where you wish he gifted you, you'll be a lot happier. Now in verse 8, Paul starts listing out some of the spiritual gifts in the church. Now this list probably isn't exhaustive but it is representative of some of the gifts that were at work in the Corinthian church and maybe even at your church. Things like wise advice, special knowledge, great faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, the ability to speak in tongues. Now these gifts are most likely listed because they were areas of confusion and debate among the church in Corinth. Just read some of the greater context of 1 Corinthians 12 and you'll see what I'm talking about. In another passage in Romans 12, Paul, the same author, gives a different list. These are some of the more normal-looking gifts, like serving others and teaching and encouraging and giving financially and leadership and showing kindness. The point is, if you read either of these passages, that joy comes through knowing your gift, finding out what it is in those lists, and using that gift to serve the church. 
because that's why God gives spiritual gifts in the first place. So find out what it is. We'll put a little survey below to help you out and then use it in your church to help people pursue God. offensive, but Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. And here's the point to this first miracle. Jesus will do more than we can imagine. See, when Jesus filled those jars with wine, he was shocking the world about his true mission. Later in the gospel of John, Jesus said it like this, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give people a rich and satisfying life. Wine to ancient Jewish people represented joy and gladness. And I think Jesus turned water into wine on purpose to show people why he really came. Jesus didn't come to enforce cold and lifeless religion. Jesus came to give people a rich and satisfying life. If you're still struggling to really understand the Jesus of the Bible, I encourage you to read John chapter 2. And here's what you're going to learn. In his first miracle, Jesus was telling the world that he wants to do something new for you. He was revealing that the way to God goes through him and is by faith. So many religious people get this wrong. They think that the way to God is through keeping the rules. But Jesus destroyed that wrong idea with his first miracle. Romans 3.22 explains the idea like this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Jesus brought that message to a bunch of Jews 2,000 years ago who thought that they were made right by keeping the requirements of the law. But this first miracle in John chapter 2 represented the dawning of a new day. And verse 11 says, his disciples believed in him. What about you? Have you met the Jesus who turned water into wine. This first miracle in the book of John was written so that you may believe.